Hello, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Wellness Wednesday is sponsored by 3W Medical for Women, a nonprofit medical clinic offering free of charge or low-cost reproductive health services to women in the Seattle area, regardless of income or insurance status. 3W does not profit off of the reproductive health choices women make. The information shared in this podcast is the opinion of the speaker or speakers. Medical information is not intended as individual medical consultation, but for general education only. Always consult your own health professional for personalized advice regarding medical decisions. And if you're in the Seattle area, consider making an appointment to consult with us. I'm Helen Nguyen, CEO and co-founder of 3W Medical for Women and the host of today's podcast. Well, wonderful. Well, I asked Ashley to come back onto our podcast because just, again, scrolling through Facebook, I found this beautiful blog that she wrote recently, Finding Your Way Off the Diet Culture Roller Coaster. And I was like, Ashley, can you get on my podcast again and talk about this and dive a little bit deeper into it. And if you haven't checked it out, folks, we'll share a link on our website, on our podcast website, and so you can read it yourself. But I thought I'd get Ashley on our podcast to just explore this a little bit more. And it was interesting that she wanted to talk about this because immediately by the time Christmas was done on my social media, there were advertisement after advertisement about the next healthy thing I need to do in January, the next diet I need to get on. I was feeling so overwhelmed. And it was like, I had no plan for this year, for this year about getting healthy. I was just trying to be in survive mode and get off of the holidays. But 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 the thing is, is that you are a 18 to 45 year old female and you fit the demographic of what the weight and sort of body shaming industry is is targeting yeah so it surprised me in the slightest that your social media was completely inundated with kind of cringy diet culture ads (laughs) yeah yeah so I wanted to just start off and ask you why did you feel the pull to write this blog yeah that's a great question I think for me, it's it's a complex answer. I grew up in Los Angeles. You know, I grew up in the San Fernando Valley, Hollywood, kind of the the heart of what I would consider vanity mm-hmm. in culture. And so, you know, there was this idea that I had at a young age that my body wasn't good enough, even as a really typical healthy kid. And then mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome when mm-hmm. I was 19. Mm-hmm. And my weight has fluctuated a lot in the last 20 years. And it's really due to really complex endocrine health issues that I have. And what I notice about the correlation between the reason why almost half of Americans are severely obese and the mental health piece of this, I noticed that the more shame that's involved in trying to help, quote, help people lose weight is that their weight also increases. So we're doing mm-hmm. something wrong here, and mm-hmm. that's part of the issue, right? We we use really hostile terms to describe our bodies and food, and that's just not something that I want to pass along to my daughter. I have mm-hmm. a girl that right, wrong, fair, or unfair. Men are judged by and large for their bodies too, but women really get the brunt of it. Mm-hmm. And this is 
that I want passed on to my child. So I talk to my own patients in therapy about weight loss and behavioral modification and body image and self-esteem quite often. And I've really noticed over the last year or so, especially since the lockdown started and, and COVID and people being home and, and kind of like this ha-ha joke we have about the, the COVID-15 instead of the <laughs> freshman 15, that this is becoming more and more of an issue. And mm-hmm. I really believe weight loss in our country is going to have to have a psychological component if we're mm-hmm. going to find true health mm-hmm. in the United States. There's a lot of talk right now about how social media plays into body image, especially for young women. There's even yeah. studies that are coming out that is, you know, especially Facebook and Instagram, that women, specifically women in that age range that you mentioned, are having a huge impact with eating disorders, body image mm-hmm. issues. Do you see that in your work increasing at all? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I would say if, gosh, I would say a good chunk of my own patients struggle with, with different binge eating disorders. Mm -hmm. And it's not always just bulimia and anorexia, right? It can be Mm -hmm. hyper excessive exercising. It can be binging and restricting where maybe we're not purging and vomiting and abusing laxatives, but we're eating a thousand calories in one sitting. And then we feel so icky and ashamed of ourselves and we don't eat at all for two days. Right. So mm-hmm. that you fourth of, oh, I'm going to drink lemon water and cayenne pepper because they said that was the thing to do today. Kind of stuff. So that's all disordered eating. And there is a big difference between disordered eating patterns and then an eating disorder, mm-hmm. which I most people also don't understand the difference between those two. Yeah. Yeah. And as I see these health ads or these new trends of diets coming out, how should I be approaching that as an individual, you know, from someone that's a clinician like you, what, what type of advice would you give someone like who's scrolling and looking at that? What should be my first kind of approach to a healthier me if I wanted to go down that route this year? Yeah, I think it really just starts with changing our language and the way that we talk about things. I'm really big on the psychological concept of food neutrality and body neutrality. Mm -hmm. Good, bad are very judgmental words, right? What's good or bad to you might not be good or bad to me. And if I sit and I judge food or my body like it has a character, right? Like if I say pizza is bad, what I'm assigning to pizza and using the word bad is that it has character or morals or ethics. And really, it's just food. Mm. There are two doctors in particular that I follow on social media by the names of Spencer and Carl Nadolsky. They are brothers. Spencer is in San Diego. I forget where his brother Carl is. I think he's out of state. But Carl is an endocrinologist and Spencer specializes in treating obesity. And they both talk a lot about the concept of just calories in, calories out, and really just Mm -hmm. to look at calories like energy because it's really all calories are. They're they're a unit of energy, right? So Mm -hmm. instead judging things to have like character or to have a personality to it instead of using words like good or bad just looking at food as food and looking at bodies mm-hmm. as body bodies aren't bad or good they just are mm-hmm. where do you see the shift in like there's this whole like anti-body shaming movement going on but there are people that are overweight that should get up and move and be new, more nutritionist or be more cautious on what they intake. What's the balance for that? Because I feel like we swing one way to or the other, right? 
Absolutely. I think I'd be cautious to to say things like should. Should is even a naughty word in therapy because should mm-hmm. is a pretentious thing, right? Like if I don't do this, I should feel bad about that, right? Shame and guilt are very different things. And I think that's really the conversation we should be having. Mm-hmm. Shame, I'm bad. My existence is bad. I am worthless. If people saw under this mask, they would reject and abandon me. And mm-hmm. for humans, right, those are very primal fears for us. So if we're rejected or abandoned in the wild as mammals, what happens? The hyenas eat us, right? <laughs> Gilbert says, I've done something bad and I should probably apologize, right? So if I have a values and morals and ethics system that says I should be kind and respectful and I come in and I start yelling and screaming and calling you names and I feel icky a few minutes later and I'm like, I need to apologize, mm-hmm. then I apologize. I need to apologize once and then I need to move on from that so that it doesn't fester and turn into shame. Mm -hmm. Now, I think using that should word, right? If we should do X, Y, or Z and we're not, then we feel ashamed of ourselves. And when we feel ashamed of ourselves, we don't show up to the gym. We go to the fridge and we slam a pint of ice cream (laughs) to try that emotional pain like any other impulsive behavior. So I perspective of how can we strengthen and nourish our body today? Can you get up and walk for 10 minutes? Can you commit to picking up something instead of using the dolly, right? Not hurting Mm -hmm. your back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Commit to walking the stairs and not taking an elevator. Can you commit to replacing one soda with a glass of water? Mm -hmm. Because when modify behavior and reduce some of those behaviors and kind Mm -hmm. of move from shame towards maybe even guilt, like, oh, I made a promise to myself that I'm going to drink a glass of water instead of a soda today, then it's less shamey and it's less hurtful and it doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't impact the psyche as much, right? I'm a very psychodynamic therapist. So you'll hear me talk a lot about inner psychic tension and the unconscious and those messages were told about our bodies and food from a young age. And if I don't feel good about myself as an adult. Is it because some sort of wound is being triggered from my childhood or some sort of past message I was given about my body? Mm. Wow. That's, that's really insightful because I never thought of words lingering in your psyche and how that impacts how you look at food or decisions in your life like that. That's really, that's very insightful. Thank you. That is, I need to be very cautious of that now that I have my own kid. Because that impacts how they are being nurtured and as they grow, correct? Absolutely. And, you know, in that blog piece, I'm sure you read it when I was about three or four months postpartum, the store Mm -hmm. I was, it was actually a Victoria's Secret store in my local mall, my childhood best friend, and, you know, just sitting there so ashamed. It wasn't guilt because I had nothing to be guilty of. I just had a child, right? Mm -hmm. shame that enveloped me because we live in this culture that says if you aren't a size two or you don't look like Kim Kardashian, then there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And sit there and know and 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 to to your audience listening, there was a seven-year-old girl standing in line in front of me who literally looked up and was doe-eyed and her ears were just perky and open and she soaked up every word I had to say about myself. Mm. Still feel bad about that. Almost mm. eight. Because mm. that kid's a teenager now. Yeah. And I remember hearing terrible things about women's bodies in the media as a child and growing up in the era of Kate Moss and nothing tastes as good as skinny feels and that kind of <laughs> anorexic heroin chic that was super cool in the 90s in LA, which was also cool in Seattle too. Yeah. 
to think that I somehow have impacted a now what 14, 15 year old Mm -hmm. girl's psyche Mm -hmm. on herself is heartbreaking to me. And I feel really Mm -hmm. bad. I've perpetuated that. You are so sweet. You're so sweet. I'm sure she's fine. (laughs) I mean, you know, God willing. (laughs) Girl, that's that link mom guilt that doesn't go. I know. (laughs) Those little little things you start to think about, like, wow, my words about not only myself, others and how I describe myself around, especially small children Mm -hmm. is important. And we have to be very careful about how we talk about our bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Getting back to your blog. Thank you again for sharing that very vulnerable story. Reading that made me kind of go, wow, I really need to be more self-aware of what I say around my my child now. I mean, even though he doesn't really understand, but it's good to start practicing now these bad habits, right? Unhealthy habits. Look at oh, you using I'm sorry. Sorry. Unhealthy Dad. habits. Right. <laughs> See, I need to start. I need to start somewhere. But in your blog, you you wrote diet culture leads to folks believing that thinness and the consumption of certain foods are connected to one's morality. Can you build on that a little bit more for me? Yeah, absolutely. There's been all sorts of very interesting social studies done over the years about what, quote, healthy average people think about people who are obese, mm-hmm. right? even though it's not friendly or even polite to say it out loud, many people look at someone who's morbidly obese and go, gross, ew, mm. so lazy, what a loser, right? You don't know if they have Cushing's disease. You don't know mm. if they have cancer. You, you, you really don't. Maybe all they can afford is what you can buy on food stamps, which don't even get me started on that, right? Like <laughs> yeah. the consumption of food for people who are struggling looks like processed sodium laden garbage mm-hmm. we're feeding the most vulnerable people in our country garbage right. and so there's so many very complex psychosocial layers to this as a conversation that is not as black and white as mm-hmm. thin good, fat bad which is really what what you're looking at the reduction of in this conversation is oh look at that really big person over there they must be lazy they must be a loser blah Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess that really hit home. That sentence that you wrote really hit home for me in the sense of like, that's kind of what we're trying to do here at 3W is you walk through the door and whatever issues you have, let's address it in a way of like, let's think about the positive and how to move forward from that issue instead of you're not doomed, you're not dying. This is not a life you know, sentence in a way that you can't get out of. And I think a lot of people connect that back to their health and the food they consume. Absolutely. I mean, it's, and it's similar to, I would have to imagine like if a patient walks in and has an STD mm-hmm. or if a, if somebody comes in and says, oh my gosh, I feel so terrible that I did this thing. And now mm-hmm. oh, what is this going to do to my health? This must mean I'm an awful person. Right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, or addiction, right? Like we yeah. even have hierarchy of what's acceptable in terms of addiction in our country. We say horrific things as Americans about people who use intravenous drugs, mm-hmm. right? We have all people who use heroin and who use meth, but then like, it's totally cool to go spend a bunch of money on a credit card that you won't necessarily be able to pay off shopping as a, as a compulsive behavior, whatever, Hoarding. right? Hoarding. <laughs> yeah. Sex, right. Like all the like, whatever, no yeah. big deal. Right. Like if you're a guy and you're just, Having all the fun have, like no big deal, whatever, right? But then it's gross. You use you use needles, junkie, loser, mm-hmm. right? It just comes down to again what behaviors are socially acceptable in our country and yeah. what aren't. 
you fall into the not socially acceptable category of addictive compulsive behavior, boy, you better prepare yourself for the judgment and scorn you're going to receive. And that's where folks should come to folks like you to get reacquainted with not hating themselves. (laughs) Absolutely. Let's rewire that brain and change that language. I'm a big fan of a type of therapy called dialectical behavioral therapy, which I don't know if you know this or not, but the lady who it, Marsha Linehan, Dr. Linehan, she is quite famous in the University of Washington world. So she's been a professor emeritus there for decades. She was actually the, I want to say like the head of the psychology department for years. And she takes from ancient Greek philosophy, the phrase dialectic means two seemingly opposite things that can both be true. Mm-hmm. And in DBT, the therapy she created was used exclusively for treating something called borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. Now, We use DBT for addiction, for depression, for trauma, all sorts of things. And when we can see things in shades of gray versus all or nothing, black or white thinking, like good or bad, right or wrong, fair, unfair, win, lose, Mm. to realize is life is a lot more nuanced than that. Yes. There's a lot more in the middle. And so when we can think in the middle, instead of that all or nothing, I'm good because I only ate salad today or I'm bad because I ate a slice of pizza, what we can get to if we're looking in the middle is, you know what? I ate a lot of veggies today and I drank my water and I feel pretty good. I'm allowed to have a piece of pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything in moderation is- Absolutely. Yeah. It seems like a consistent thing I'm saying on these podcasts whenever we talk about any type of health issue or any type of food-related issue or- it seems to always come down to, okay, let's let's really come back down to what's even keeled. Let's try not to be an extreme of anything. And that comes down to like just having a nice balanced health, healthy outlook on decisions that you make. I mean, there are right and wrong in the world and sometimes certain decisions, but I guess like don't let those consequences cripple you to then try to reach out to folks like you to turn things around or make healthier decisions the next time. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I struggle to think in absolutes, you know, there mm-hmm. are things in life that are absolutely right or wrong. Those absolutes are a lot more rare mm-hmm. than the occasions of thinking in the gray mm-hmm. or that black or white, all or nothing, or even splitting type thinking happens where we mm-hmm. struggle people, things, and situations as one cohesive image versus two dichotomously very different black or white, good or bad, right or wrong, idealized devalue Mm. types. That type of thinking is really what's getting us, I think, personally into trouble in various arenas Mm. of West day and not when it comes to weight and body image issues. Yeah. That's just one of the many issues that we as a nation are dealing with currently, aren't we? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I love at the end of your blog, it it wraps up in saying invest in your health by scheduling your annual physical, getting that dentist appointment, like just making the first step towards something healthy, something that yeah. would benefit you in the long run in some Ooh. way. And that's just wonderful. And I hope that folks hear that, hear the genuineness about that and reach out to folks, reach out to places like 3W that can help you kind of make that first step or give you that encouragement. Ashley, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about from this blog that you didn't get to write down? What's one thing that you want to leave our listeners today? Absolutely. Please, please, please be careful with collecting data about yourself, obsessing Mm -hmm. about what 
your phone or your your Apple Watch picks up the scales at home, quite frankly, that is just not needed. Mm. You know, and you're getting this this reinforcement, this dopamine hit from watching numbers either go up or down. And if they don't go in the direction you want and want them to, that's when the shame increases. That's when the, oh, we'll forget about it. I ate a slice of pizza today. I don't belong in the gym kind of mentality takes over. And we get nowhere in terms of progress for things that we want when we avoid. So just rip the bandaid off, go to the gym. Nobody cares about how big you are. In fact, I would venture to say that people who struggle with their weight find a lot of encouragement when they put themselves out there and they're vulnerable. Like I belong to a local CrossFit gym and I certainly am not the fittest, thinnest, strongest person there. But when I can do the thing that day during that workout, that wad for the day, people are like, yeah, good job. (laughs) Oh, right. So like, trust me when I tell you most of that fear is actually up here in our own minds, holding us back things like showing up at Pilates class because we're not a size two. Yeah. Going up at yoga because we can't hold the perfect stretch or mm-hmm. not up for that walk because, well, I'm winded after two minutes of walking. So mm-hmm. what? Two better than nothing. Get mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wow. That really hit home for me because I used to avoid going to the UW gym mm-hmm. because I didn't look cute in a little sport bra. And all of the treadmills were always faced the outside. And so people could see you exercising and I would never go on there or I or I would avoid the women's locker room. You had to walk. I don't know how it is now, but because I haven't been there in in decades, but you have to walk by the weight room where all the guys were like, you know, Mm -hmm. and you I don't know about you. When I work out, I look not cute and you're sweaty. a Miss Trunchbull from Matilda. So no, that's, that's an important thing to talk about is that like a lot of companies right now are trying to make workout clothes for women and men of all different sizes. And then Mm -hmm. you see the backlash on social media for glorifying being fat. And and then you get people who struggle with their weight and they're like, screw you for your fat shaming stuff. Right. And there's this back and forth on social media and it's like, and understand yeah. where all of the body image issues and the anxiety and the just the general disdain for people's bodies that don't look a certain way is coming from on social media, watching yeah. these. Yeah. So, you know, it's I guess it's like time to turn those negative outlets off and eat your salad. But then it's OK to have a Costco pizza. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's. Do the best you can to eat as well as you can. Think yeah. about thinking about movement as strengthening mm-hmm. body instead of punishing it, using exercise as punishment mm-hmm. and use food as a way to nourish your body instead yeah. of saying that food is good or bad. And so it means something about me as a person. Mm-hmm. No, it really is energy. That's all food is. It's energy. Yeah. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you for your insight and writing this beautiful blog. It just really hit home to me. And that's why like I immediately messaged you and said, I need to get you on my podcast because more people need to hear about this. I was getting very overwhelmed on social media, just looking at these you know, health ads myself. So it's such a great okay. reminder to our listeners to, to love yourself and wherever you are in your healthcare journey or your diet journey or your food intake journey, it's like, Let's take a pause, reassess, and see if it's the right right path for you. 
Absolutely. Get that pap smear, get your, <laughs> get your shot, go get your teeth cleaned, quit avoiding that stuff. This yeah. is stuff alive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. I know you'll be on again this year. Keep writing those blogs because I'm reading them. So awesome. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks for having me. For more information about 3W, please visit our website at 3wmedical.org. That's the number three, the letter W, medical.org. From there, you can learn more information about the services we provide, book an appointment, or make a donation if you'd like to support our mission. You can also call our office at 206-588-0311. That's 206-588-0311. If you like this episode, please share it with others and consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay healthy and be well.